Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Inner Revolution. This coming cast is from a radio message that I did on bad leadership or how to function under bad leadership. And in this episode, we're going to talk about not to be complainers, but to be those that are educators, encouragers, leaders, and to really understand the times that we're living in so that we're not just reactive, but we are advancing and helping other people understand what the will of the Lord is. Like you, we listen to the news, um, we are burdened for our country, we're amazed at uh, just how smart people can be so ridiculous, actually, in following the science that's not science at all. But as Christians, our view and our mission is not political, it is something that is biblical. And it's important to understand that if we are political, then we can lose our spiritual influence. So we know that politics can be very divisive. That doesn't mean that we do not stand and communicate and vote our values, but we hold to the biblical values of the Word of God, and we do not choose sides. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to stand as a leader, as someone that is communicating life when there is another message, another narrative, another word that's being communicated that can discourage many. Oftentimes the church can get lost and spend lots of time focusing on what's not happening rather than paying attention to what the opportunities of the day are. Opportunities to pray, opportunities to evangelize, opportunities to plant churches, opportunities to speak truth and love, opportunities to stand in courage, opportunities to believe God for the impossible, opportunities to speak to, to Goliath and confess the promise. There are many opportunities and many uh, beautiful demonstrations of the Spirit as we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But if we shift and we look maybe at the glory days, or we look backwards thinking that yesterday was so much better than today, uh, we'll lose our opportunity. We will lose our leadership opportunity to lead people beyond ourselves, to lead people in the direction of the cause and mission of Christ, and to uh, communicate life and truth and righteousness. And uh, this is episode really stirred me up. I I hope that it will stir you up and encourage you uh, not to lose heart with the chaos that's going on today, but to have perspective and to lead from where you are. Maybe you have to lead from behind. Maybe you have to lead from the middle. Uh, As one writer said, be a 360-degree leader. Lead where you are. Be submitted but lead in truth. Enjoy the episode. I want to talk a couple minutes with you and our listening audience today about bad leadership and 
that sounds like quite a thought, but how to function under bad leadership maybe is a better way to say. And, um, you know, the Bible is full of believers that have operated under oppression, tyrants, dictators, or just leaders that are pawns that are manipulated by evil people. And I think we see that in our world today very clearly. But as believers, how do we function under poor or bad or, in some cases, evil leadership? And, uh, and the importance as a nation is being judged. And by the way, judgment is an act of grace. I, I, sh- I want to start right there, that judgment is an act of grace because the purpose of judgment is to turn people back turn people back to God. So as believers, we're called to live loud our faith uh, in these evil days. So when we think about bad leadership, uh, and when leadership is so important to uh, initiate and to lead people in the heart and character of God, but when there's bad leadership, there's a vacuum. There's a vacuum where everything gets sucked in and there's a great void of confusion, a great void of personal interpretation, and an energizing of evil, an energizing of self, an energizing of an antichrist narrative. You know, we see this in Matthew 15:14. Jesus addresses bad leadership with the Pharisees. He says, leave them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a pit. So today we have a lot of people that maybe criticize and are consumed with the narrative of the day and bad leadership. But Christ is saying, leave them alone. It's more important that you focus in living loud the gospel, living loud love, living loud uh, leadership. You and I are the leader to those that do not have a shepherd. And what do I mean by that? Well, we are initiating life. We are initiating joy. We are initiating wisdom because that vacuum that the devil creates, because he loves confusion, he wants to scatter people. Well, we see uh, a lot of uh, examples of this in Proverbs chapter 28. It's an interesting chapter, Proverbs chapter 28, 2 through 26. It goes through the many instances uh, you know, of, of leadership that is bad. Uh, a poor man, verse 3, oppresses the poor and is like a driving rain which leaves no food. Those that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such keep the law contend with them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it all. Better is the poor who walk in his integrity than one perverseness in his ways, though he be rich. Whosoever keepeth the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. One who increases his possessions by usury and extortion, gather it for him who will pity the poor. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Whosoever causes the upright to go astray in his evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit but the blameless will inherit good. The rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor who is understanding searches it out. 
And when the righteous rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. This chapter is full of just great meditations. Like a roaring lion in verse 15 and a charging bear, so is the wicked that rules over poor and ignorant people. Wow, that verse really is a good verse, isn't it? A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetousness will prolong his days. Hmm. Boy. You know, Ezekiel 34 goes into detail about it as well and addresses spiritual leadership. And he has something to say here in verse 2. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who are sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back that which was driven away, nor sought which was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, because they became food for all the beasts of the field, When they were scattered, my sheep wander through all the mountains and of every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole earth and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, saith the Lord. Surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I am against you, and I will require my flock at your hand, and I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. I will deliver my flock from their mouth, and they will no longer be food for them. The, The chapter goes on to say how Jesus steps in and becomes the great shepherd. He steps in and becomes the great leader. He steps in and becomes the example, and he stops the vacuous lack of leadership and steps in, and he is the king of kings. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, a couple verses here, Psalm thirty-three, twelve through 15, it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people choose for their inheritance. It says in twenty-two, twenty-eight of Psalms, kingship belongs to the Lord, and he ultimately is the ruler of all nations. 40.15 of Isaiah, Behold, the nations are a drop in the bucket and are counted as small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isle as a very little thing. So when you think about nations and rulers, it's God in his sovereignty, it's God in his his ultimate plan that allows a judgment on the nation which in in uh, in the chronological order of a nation being judged, bad leadership is part of it. Now, why is it? Why does God allow vacuous or bad leadership? Well, number one, really, we see this in 2 Kings 20, 17 through 18. And this is important. Like, why are we talking about this today? Is how to function as a believer and living loud our faith. Uh, because... The devil wants to silence the believer under bad leadership. And we see this with Mordecai, we see this with Daniel, we see this with Peter. Look at John the Baptist, men that lived loud their faith. And what do I mean by living loud? Numbers 23, 21, the shout of a king was among them. 
the shout of the devil was among the leaders and the, and the rulers, but the shout of a king was with the godly. The shout of the king was with the humble. The shout of the king was with the spirit-filled believer. The shout of the king was with the one that said, I will honor God more than I'll honor man. And we see that in uh, Acts 5, 29. And that's an important verse. Everyone seems to be quoting Romans 13. How about people quote Acts 5, 29? I'd rather obey God first than man. And this kind of backbone is what's needed in this day because uh, the devil, we can get feisty with the devil. Why? Because there's the shout of a king among you and I, you and I. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking out loud here. Inflation, Second Kings six twenty-five, and we're seeing that. What happens to a nation that that uh, enters into bad uh, management? Inflation, uh, where things that were balanced become out of balance. Well, judgment on a nation. Here's a couple of interesting points. But before before I go into that, why does God judge a nation? Second Kings twenty seventeen through eighteen. Number one, He tests the faithfulness of His people. That's Isaiah 13, 19. He tests our faithfulness because he judges the house of God first. I don't know, has the church survived this test of COVID? I'm not sure, I'm not a judge. But I tell you, it's been a challenge. But thank God for those that have stood with the Lord. Uh, test of faithfulness. Number two, that God judges a nation to expose the sin which brought the judgment in the first place. That's Isaiah 10, five through 19. Where's the repentance turns, you know, just like mercy uh, turns away judgment. Repentance is so important to agree with God, to change our mind, to change our way. Otherwise, sin will be compounded in Isaiah 30, verse 1, and the wages of sin is death. Number three, why isn't God judge a nation to set in motion prophecy? and to reveal a divine plan in Psalm 18, verse 50. We can all see these things, can't we? Well, a judgment on a nation, uh, really we see this through the book of Isaiah, but it starts with the rebellion of authority. It's, it's also continued by bad leadership, Isaiah 3, 1 through 5, when a nation embarrasses themselves in front of the whole world. Why? Because they've left wisdom. What will the righteous do if the foundations be removed in Psalm 11, 3? Well, the righteous live loud their faith. They stand up in the vacuum and they say, we are going to be the change. We are going to be the example. We are going to demonstrate life, leadership, and love from the Bible. Well, rebellion against authority, bad leadership, where we just read in, in Proverbs 28, the oppressor, the tyrannical dictators, they continue to crush the weak and to lie to the masses, and to deceive, 1 John 5, 19, the whole world. Well, uncontrolled violence and lawlessness, we see that growing and growing. The decay of moral fabric, Isaiah 1, Economic collapse in Isaiah 1, and then eventually invasion, occupation, and captivity in Isaiah 5, 13 through 15. Wow, that's some edifying information, isn't it? <laughs> uh, why am we saying this? I don't know why I just really felt burdened to share this today, because you and I are the, are the believers and the leaders of God's heart 
in uh, in First Timothy two one through two, one and two. You and I, you and I, the believer that stands in Mark twelve seventeen. Uh, we certainly honor leaders, absolutely, in, in Romans 13, 2 through 5, but we honor God and we live our faith loudly. We live our faith loudly. You know why? Because things aren't going to get better. Why? Because uh, all of these things have put prophecy in motion. So in this vacuous day, in this deception of days, in this confusion and de- in deceiving days. We have the shout of a king. You have a shout of a king among you. You have a shout of a king. And you can see the pattern throughout the whole Bible. God will redeem. God will keep his people. God will protect his people. God will protect his plan. Some of his people died, the, mar- the martyrs of the faith. Uh, they are, uh, they all, we see even through the life of Stephen, their death absolutely changed and softened the heart of, of the Saul of Tarsus. I mean, even think about, um, we think of, uh, oh, the name is escaping me at this moment, but the Philistines, he killed more, Samson, Samson in his death, there was more, uh, there was more fruit in his death than his, than really his whole life. So what are we saying today? Uh, don't be occupied with the judgment of bad leadership. We want to stand in the grace of God and expose evil and exercise righteousness. These are the two things as believers. Expose evil, that means we clearly communicate the gospel in Colossians 2.8 with an attitude of love in Matthew 10.18 with a spirit of wisdom. But we exercise righteousness. We exercise righteousness, which means we do not have a theo- we do not have a theology of apology but we have a theology that's saturated in grace and truth. And no matter what the world is doing, I love that, Matthew 15, 14, ignore, ignore the ignorance of leaders, the vacuous leader, but you be the leader. You stand, you demonstrate, you and I communicate, you and I clearly articulate the Bible. And guess what? God will gather in Mark in Matthew 9:36 the outcasts in Psalm 145. He'll gather the outcasts. And Jesus in Ezekiel 34:11 through 24, he will be with you gathering, supplying, strengthening, binding the brokenhearted. And you know what? You will stand before kings and you will correct kings. And you will have uh, in Proverbs chapter 133, you will have the anointing of safety on your life. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. So some encouraging words today. As we look at our nation and scratch our head, we look at our world and we just are, in, we are dumbfounded. God says, just, just relax. I'm testing you. I'm promoting you. I'm showing you how to expose the sin that brought them into judgment. Preach righteousness. Know that I'm ultimately in control. I'm the ruler and king of everything. Don't fret, Psalm 37. Feed on my faithfulness in in 37.3. I'm in control. I'm bringing things into my ultimate plan. Turn, 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 turn unto me. Turn unto me, and I will keep you in my perfect peace. In 28.1, 
we have the boldness. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. It doesn't mean that they're not fearful, but it just means courage is greater than their fear. And I, I think in these days of vacuous, vacuousness, void, confusion, obscurity, fear, all of these um, deficit types of uh, actions, we can stand in humility, but confidence and speak, live our faith loudly. It may not mean we're shouting it, but we're demonstrating. We're gentle, but we're also firm. There's intention to expose the evil. Uh, you know, I think of Mordecai. Again, he just stood when everyone else was bowing. He didn't have this great crusade. His life was going to speak more uh, than the ones that were shrinking back. Um, you know, Pastor Love, I just think testing faithfulness. Our church, Wednesday night, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but we had the highest uh, attendance we've had since, in, in, since COVID. Uh, Wednesday night, it was amazing. Uh, really just faithfulness. God's testing us. First uh, Samuel 15, 22, he's looking for that obedience, not the sacrifice. Like, Lord, I don't have much, but I'm going to function as a leader. You know, they, they say leaders are like giraffes. They, they can see down the road further than others. And maybe you don't consider yourself as a leader. Well, uh, you know, leadership can kind of be like, oh, I don't have enough wisdom or responsibility or experience. No, leadership is when we stand in the conviction and the spirit of God when no one else stands. You know, you know, I think of the persecuted church. You know, people are hidden away, but they're not compromising their faith. They're not compromising their faith. So... We're exposing the sin which brought us, brought us uh, the judgment. And then, and that's Isaiah 10, 5 through 19. And then we're encouraged knowing that we're uh, setting in, the prophecy is unfolding right before our eyes. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I mean, you look at the book of Revelations, you just kind of think, okay, the book of Daniel, okay, Ezekiel, Habakkuk 1, 6. I'm like, okay, like we can really relate to um, to what's going on and the faithfulness of God, the power of God, the demonstration of power uh, in from the word of God. Uh, it was the message. And this is, I guess my point is this, it's, it's not us at all. Let's just be clear about that. It's the message. It's the spirit. It's the authority of Christ in our life. We could be stammering lips in Isaiah 28, 11, and the power of God can be released. And, and I love that story of Jonah because, um, you know, we see all through the book of Acts, too, just God, you know, extraordinarily using ordinary people that were weak. And in, his, in, his, in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. So, uh, again, again, we can complicate it like we can be response or results driven. We could think about our own safety we could think about right. oh, how are people are going to you know, hear what I'm going to say. But if God puts it in your heart, just mm -hmm. do it. That's leadership. You're doing what few people are doing. You're initiating life. You're initiating love. You're initiating truth. You're, you're like the wow. salmon that goes up the stream. And I, I'm just really, I'm really, mm -hmm. fur, uh, really stirred up about our country that, in other countries, of course, too. But this is a time for the church to live their faith loud. The believer has to, yeah. and I don't mean loud and bombastic. I mean, just we are doing it without regard to uh, 
to what the naysayers are saying, to what the propaganda is saying. You know, interesting about propaganda, it's, it's information that skews people and diverts them into a lie. You know, we, yeah. you know, we got to be simple concerning evil, wise to concerning good. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.